This is No Starving Artist Podcast. You deserve a successful creative life. I'm Anissa Benitez, a marketing expert at top companies and creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Share with me your questions and I'll share perspective. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is about bridging affirmations or bridging statements for self-love. Because once we're able to observe our thoughts and change them, then we're able to change our lives. Meditation and other mindfulness techniques help us get to the point of observing our thoughts, but it takes intentional effort to move to part two, changing our thoughts. Continuing to change your life for the better means also writing new stories, new stories and narratives that our minds attach to. And that story doesn't have to be a huge leap from where you are now, but it has to be moving in a positive direction for you to feel more positive each day. If you believe that you're a starving artist, for instance, it might be a stretch to be like, I'm a rich artist. Um, But Eventually, through bridging statements, you'll find that progressing to a statement like that might not be so hard. And as it comes to having a creative, successful life, so much about actually manifesting the world that we want, the life that we want, comes with actually being able to visualize it and believe it ourselves. Today's agenda is first a segment on how this topic arose for me this week. Two, we'll get into how to use bridging statements or affirmations. And then third, our culture rec is from Katie Morton, who I learned about bridging statements and bridging affirmations from at least a definition. I have definitely been using this language unknowingly that it was uh, therapist approved. So I'm happy that this method has served me and I hope that it serves you As always, we'd love to hear your creative journey, any updates, challenges you're facing, any things that you think would be valuable wisdom to our community of creative people on their creative journey, wanting to have successful creative lives. Uh, I love to share mine in hopes that it supports you, but I know that yours will also support others. Leave a voicemail. Don't include your name at anchor.fm backslash no starving artist backslash message, and it would be the first segment that we'd kick off to in each episode which i would love if you've been enjoying this podcast please rate it and review wherever you're listening that helps the podcast be found and grow and have potential to serve its purpose uh otherwise let's get into it so how did bridging statements arise in my life this week well I don't know who else has a mother or distant relatives or family or friends who send you tons of Facebook videos or YouTube videos or articles or things that they want you to consume and as a person who's already a voracious consumer and maybe a little bit of the same of a sharer (laughs) um, I have quite a long list of things that I need to watch to listen to and you know, we can consume but so much content. And so this was one that I had bookmarked for a while. My mom sent it to me. And then I finally watched it. It's a YouTube video from Lewis Howe's YouTube channel. He is a great motivational speaker and he has 
regular podcast interviews that are video recorded. And this is his conversation with Katie Holmes, a clinical psychologist, and she's licensed in marriage and family therapy. She's also a great YouTube personality. So she has a great big YouTube channel herself. And this episode or YouTube video is called Therapist Shares the Four-Step Process for Curing Loneliness and Finding Happiness. It's quite specific to this period of COVID and social distancing, and she provides very valuable, tangible advice on how to cope with anxiety, depression, self-doubt during this time, given the increased spike due to the awareness of issues in our society. Definitely one to check out, but what struck me in the episode was her emphasis on bridging statements. She talks a lot about many other things, but this one struck me because it's new language for me. This is a concept I've definitely spoken to before. Now I'm over six months since leaving my job as a brand marketing manager at YouTube Music and a consultant within Google as well. And that was such an interesting chapter that feels very closed and sealed for me now. There's been a transition for me in the way that I'm making money and prioritizing my life and just my well-being ahead of everything. I had a model shoot in this beautiful Brooklyn brownstone for a brand that I love. Their sustainable product home home living brand called Package Free Shop. This brownstone we were using as a set was 100% my dream home. It had high ceilings, a huge backyard, crown molding, all new appliances, spacious skylights, all the things. You get it. The place was easily $5 million and that would have been fully a goal for younger me to own a home like that. And now at that point, I was just, I was able to really relish in being there and didn't feel that sense of possessiveness to want to have this. Like, I must have this. I have to live in a house like this. This would be amazing. To, I mean, I felt like the experience was amazing because I love interior design. I love homes. That's still something that I'm focused on you know, tuning into down the line. Um, not even that far down the line, but the inner state that I felt around just like joy for my present and joy for the life that I had that allows me this flexibility to work in a space like that and collaborate with all these women creatives who are focused on the sustainable brand that I also really get down with and to have these mornings that are a little bit more quiet and I'm not waking up with stress around what I have to do. And all the work demands with me to have time in the morning where I'm sipping tea and I'm tuning into my breath and I'm listening to the birds chirping in the trees and all these things. I'm able to finally find joy in the really small pleasures. That is life. That is the richness of life. Richness for me used to be really deeply rooted in material objects and certain experiences and now it's really small micro moments that I feel are truly 
the richness. I have a life that's rich in experiences and I'm so grateful for that. And I think I've also not only gained gratitude for it, but I've shifted my internal story around what richness is. So I could continue to tell myself I'm poor and like I don't have this and that and like I'm so far from where I want to be. But my ability to shift to these stories of I'm rich in experiences. I'm rich in all these small moments of joy in my life. Wow, I'm so grateful for all of these things. That moment is pretty much a bridging affirmation. I didn't know. I mean, I really didn't have the language for this previous to now, but how many times have we all done that where we have come to accept changes in our life that we wouldn't have previously wanted, um, but to have the gratitude for them now? How many times have we shifted our mindset in that way? And how powerful has it been? I think if we can fixate on what we don't have or where we not or we're not, um, then we're not really aware. And I don't know how to level our stories out without bridging. It allows us to create more of a pathway through through the use of bridging statements. They serve us. They help us align better with our values. They help us climb out of stories that can be really self-deprecating or hurtful to us or shaming of ourselves, etc., to a place where we're accepting of where we're at. So next segment is really about how we intentionally create those bridges. As some of you know, I founded More By Her, a platform to dismantle the starving artist stigma. Each week, we share a new story of creative women shaping culture on Wednesdays. Wisdom Drop Wednesdays. For those who identify as women, non-binary, she, her, they, them, thriving artists who are willing to give transparency on their creative journey and how they do it. Follow us at morebyher.com or on Instagram at more underscore by underscore her. How to use bridging statements. This segment is going to be about actually applying this. I have four steps that I've outlined with the support of our source, which is insider.com. The article's name is How to Use Bridging Statements to Build Your Self-Esteem in 2020. Because so many of us are experiencing the same things right now, challenging times and a lot of awareness around our mental health needing to be supported because a lot of systems are not in place to really support a healthy mindset. And so having a healthy life becomes even more challenging. So with the power of bridge statements, we can turn negative thoughts in the direction of positive thinking, in the direction of more expansive and more authentic to us and our values. So from going from a place of I'm a loser to I'm a winner, but it doesn't take a flip of a switch it requires the study practice of actually forming bridging statements move closer to authentic truth and statements that actually resonate with our minds so we're not like "Mm, that's a stretch so number one focus on possibility 
using bridging statements is about possibility. Let's say we have really bad body image and we think really lowly of ourselves. We're not very body positive. We look at ourselves and we say, ugh, what I see is ugly. The bridge statement could be like, it's possible that I'm not as ugly as I think I am. I might be, but it's possible that I'm not. I could be overreacting. So that's very different from saying I'm ugly. That's challenging and questioning some of those pervasive thoughts that occur in us. So for you, what are some of the most pervasive thoughts you have about yourself? What are some of the thoughts that have a pattern and are hurtful to you? We all have them, no judgment, but getting to the root of them can be helpful in understanding what the theme of them is so you can catch them when they arise. Are you able to catch them when they arise? Have you questioned your own thinking on a daily basis? Are you doing that on a regular basis? I find myself doing it uh, with not every thought, but quite a good amount. There's a lot of chatter in the brain and having someone kind of overseeing that chatter can be quite helpful. That person being you. (laughs) What's the possibility that some of that story that you tell yourself about your hindrances, about your appearances, about your self-image, about your potential can be untrue. So how can you check that voice that's creating a little bit of an inhibitor from you continuing to grow and thrive and reach more positive, fuller potential? During this time of the global pandemic, I've been having to assess myself moments where I catch myself and being like, Anissa, you're a loser. You're so alone. Then I'm like, Anissa, is it possible that there's a global pandemic happening and I'm regularly social distancing and tuning more into the joy of my solitude and prioritizing the higher quality relationships in my life only? Less social. Is it possible? And I say to myself, yes, that is definitely possible. Number two, level up to positive. So actually slowly, step by step, we can start to build into positive statements from just those possible statements into positive statements. The ultimate goal is eventually being to say, I love everything about myself. Uh, And rather than it's possible people love me, you know, uh, saying, I think I love my own company. I think I'm really still enjoying that. So can you focus on what that kind of ultimate rock of dysfunction is, of a theme of, you know, kind of a cluster of thematic cluster of negative thoughts you might be having, what that theme is, then move those to a state where you can continue to question that blockage question that, break it down, and then how can you actually roll that into something that's more positive, that's more affirming? Nothing is binary, Um, but I find that the positive take on things seems to carry uh, a lot less projection of things that are societally imposed. That's a generalization, but I feel that way. 
Number three, stop comparing. As humans, we are so prone to comparing ourselves to each other, to others. And we can look at someone's appearance, we can look at their life, their career, their friends, and their lifestyle, or anything else, and see that, oh, it's better than my own. Our brains have evolved to be, you know, in this very competitive state, just so that just for survival purposes and we're always working to see if there is a threat in our environment so we can get ahead of it and social media definitely supports us feeling like we are competing with each other so being mindful of who we're following all those habits but stop comparing actually get the intentional habit of actually looking at someone and not with that um, envy, but with admiration and releasing. And notice how our ego flares as we find people to admire who we feel less than. It's comparison and saying that they're better and feeling threatened emotionally. That really continues to weigh us down on this YouTube video in the conversation with Katie and Lewis. I really liked how she dissected that need for finding threat in our environment because it felt so animalistic. Ultimately, we are these just funny little creatures who have to mind our thoughts because we'll go crazy if we just run with our instincts at times. And sometimes the opposite, we'll go crazy if we overanalyze this man-made world that we've made. So for societal Um, for survival purposes know that that habit has served us but in many ways in our nicely developed world we don't need to survive to compare the comparison point doesn't really support our survival it's harder to combat completely all of the spaces where we might feel a flare to compare uh, but we can reduce them And after just interacting with those, you can continue to check in with ourselves and see, how do I feel? Is it beneficial for me to reduce or remove this from my life? Number four, fact check. Notice what you're saying and remind yourself that your thoughts are not facts. A great way to do this is by starting to pay attention to what we're actually digesting online, following things that we're saying to ourselves, things that people are saying around us, if they're making us feel good or challenged and why that might be, and also taking breaks. If you're able to take nights off, weeks off, take space from others, this period of solitude is definitely very supportive of that, and saying getting enough distance to be able to check things as facts for instance with that i'm not positive around body self-image example then moving to a place where we are really checking that language and being like hey is this fully subjective is this not rooted in a real reality is this a societally constructed perception of how i should look Is this not even accurate based on my body weight and my size and my um, genetics? Is it completely unrealistic for me to be have certain expectations 
of the way that I would like to show up as my ideal self? Can I be kinder to myself? Would that continue to support my continued health and well-being? From the source of Insider, it says, the more we tell ourselves something, the more our brains are inclined to think that it's real. It's like when you reminisce about the past. The brain can't tell the difference between feelings you're having now and the feelings you're reliving. You can easily revisit trauma, so it's important to remind yourself that negative image you have of yourself isn't necessarily a real-life reflection. You should also remember that people always put their best selves first in interacting with other people in social media and showing up as their best selves, and nobody's life is 100% anything. Um, We can really kind of get comfortable living in this black and white space versus accepting that most of things are gray areas most of our experiences are fully gray and we can continue to see it from positive lens or negative lens but why not the positive it moves us in a healthier direction it moves us in a happier direction it supports us in so many ways so try being kind to yourself little by little figuring out what those root statements are that continue to inhibit you continue to put you down And moving towards questioning, one, the potential of that. I'm going to recap the how-tos. Questioning, one, the possibility that those are untrue. (laughs) And moving those, that statement along into be challenged. Two, leveling up that statement, those statements into positive statements. Three, actually stop comparing ourselves to others because that continues to just bring us back down. And four, fact check. Getting clear on the gray, getting clear on the facts helps us recognize that we are working in a place that will continue to just hurt us from actually accepting what is also real, which is the positive truth. Our culture wreck is from Katie Morton's YouTube channel. The video is called How to Stop Hating Yourself! Exclamation point. It came out in December of 2019. Still relevant. Always relevant because self-hatred, self-loathing, self-deprecation, even challenging just the small occasional negative thoughts that we have can be so healthy because when we move to a place of self-compassion, then we're actually focusing on more of the outer world and making positive change rather than working through the inner turmoil of working and living within ourselves and within our minds and bodies and focused on creating a, a better world around us. And going from, yeah, that dark place of I hate myself to I love myself is not just easy through positive affirmations she says in her video because suddenly saying positive things isn't gonna work sure we can say we aren't going to believe it so we aren't going to actually keep doing it so if you keep you know maybe for instance saying to the mirror you have everything you want need you have everything you want need then it likely won't stick if we still don't fully believe it It can feel like a waste of time and frankly stupid. 
since we know talking more kindly to ourselves is key to fighting anxiety, stress, depression, body dysmorphia, and many other mental health issues, how can we change the way we talk to ourselves without feeling like a total fraud? This is where bridge statements come in. They bridge the gap between negative and sometimes downright nasty thoughts and the positive ones. So I've been calling it bridging statements. It's actually bridge statements. Highly recommend checking out this video. Again, it's called How to Stop Hating Yourself on Katie Morton's YouTube channel. I was grateful this week to kind of have that moment of being like, wow, so cool how I've shifted this narrative inside of my head around what makes life rich to me. And it allows me to, one, obviously accept where I am, and also, two, have more joy in the current state that I am. Sure, I still want that house, (laughs) but that's not even a point of my fixation. Um, I'm actually truly very happy, and I think there's just so many moments that I'm just grateful for, and I'm grateful that I have the mindset enough to observe that transition um, and be in a joyful place in life. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope that's handy and would love to hear your stories, what you think could continue to support our community of creatives. Uh, Leave a voicemail at anchor.fm backslash no starving artist backslash message. Don't include your name. That's it. You can find me at Anissa Benitez on Instagram. Follow the wisdom of many thriving creative women and non-binary people at morebyher.com. You're no starving artist. You are a growing, expanding, questioning, constantly artist, creative. And I'm so grateful to be learning and growing with you. I appreciate you. Mm